Right, a very good morning. Uh, three and a half years ago, uh, our next uh, six guests were sitting nervously uh, before us as we engaged in debate ahead of the local elections, and they're back with us this morning. We're broadcasting live this morning from the Abbey Hotel in the Diamond in Donegal town, and we are joined by the councillors representing the Donegal electoral area on Donegal County Council as part of a, a mid-term review of councillor performance, as it were, uh, to reflect on what they believe they've achieved since their election in 2019 and, and and what more needs to be done for their area. So with us in our uh, Donegal Town studio here in the Abbey this morning, we are joined by Sinn Féin councillors Noel Jordan and Michael McMahon, Fianna Gael's Barry Sweeney, Fianna Fáil's Michael Nocton, and independent councillors Neve Kennedy and Tom Conaghan. Now, should you have a question of any of the councillors or want any issues raised, simply call us now, 071-911-8104, or you can text or WhatsApp to 83 530 And I can tell you we've got lots and lots of questions from our listeners already this week when we advertise the fact that the councillors would be here. But before we get down to business, let's hear very briefly from each of our six guests this morning and what they promised to do and what they said ahead of election day in 2019 at our Donegal electoral area debate. I believe I've worked tirelessly on behalf of all constituents on their day-to-day issues and for the betterment of South Donegal to promote and develop the region. As a business person, tourism is vital to our local economy here in Donegal. The main benefit of tourism is income created, generation of jobs and future development from our towns and villages. I also believe in building a strong environment communities in our areas and the main priority along this standard is the rural communities. My ambitions are urban recognition of small towns and villages, expanding and developing our unique tourism including the Wild Atlantic Way, creating opportunities for young people so that they can reach their full potential, investment in service for older people and those with disabilities. I am a worker. Among my priorities, I will fight for the fire stations in both Ballyshannon and Bundoran for the delivery of the Shield Hospital project. I'll continue to work and see our projects such as the public toilets that I've been working on and the town clock in Ballyshannon. We need to connect with our heritage, our fishery, our culture and bring this into the 21st century so future generations can benefit from the work that we are doing today. We must become more environmentally aware. We need to innovate and expand our tourism and food sector offering so that we have a case to fight for better infrastructure and services. Towns and villages need to carve their path and we as councillors need to give the tools available through the council to do this. I have a passion for my town and I make no bones about it. I will be working hard towards it as as things that have come up and are coming up in the pipeline and I'm not just saying that because there's an election on. Right, okay, and a reminder that there were 19 candidates actually stood in that election, uh, six elected, and they are here uh, with us uh, this morning. Uh, right behind us this morning in the Abbey, we have uh, a boxing ring, courtesy of Killy Beggs at um, Amateur Boxing Club. Let's hope we won't need that during uh, the next uh, hour or so. I'm sure we won't. Um, let's hear from the poll toppers first. Noel Jordan, um, how, how do you think you've performed personally uh, in the past couple of years on the council? Yeah, um, Have you achieved everything you wanted to achieve, do you think? Well, you're never happy with your lot. You're never happy. Uh, you always want more for your constituents. And as I said, as I laid out in my, um, the uh, last election promises that I would work on behalf of uh, the constituents, the day-to-day issues, but also engage with uh, community groups throughout 
the whole municipal district and work with them in the various of different types of funding schemes, the likes of CIS mm -hmm. schemes, LAS schemes, mm -hmm. and trying to get infrastructure is the big thing uh, and, to, and the towns and villages. And I feel I've done that. Um, look, it, there's a lot more to do. I, I understand that. But I uh, suppose um, recently the biggest announcement probably I had for my area is uh, the um, announcement of a new wastewater treatment plant for the Mancharlis area, which, which is very vital for any town and village. Um, you need the infrastructure to get any investment in. Yeah. And since that announcement, we've seen the change of... Um, change of hands of a lot of property and materials, which is very encouraging for the future of, uh, of that area. Uh, Neve Kennedy, you mentioned uh, the importance of, of heritage, uh, fisheries, culture, the food sector. Um, have, have you got to tackle any of those issues, do you think? Yeah, Since I have, absolutely. Um, trying very hard to keep it going. Um, I'm a member of the Fisheries Committee. I'm the chairperson of that in Donegal County Council, which was established this term. Um, I have just actually just got onto the Heritage Committee. Um, there was, a, there was a, a space on that, so I got onto that only recently. So I, I will be doing a lot more work on that side of things. I work very closely with a lot of the communities and the rural areas um, and... Uh, try to implement the, the ideas that they, they have. Um, it, it, it really is about you know, propping these people up, helping people to get, to get on and to get moving in, in their sectors. There's a lot of heritage and culture in, in the Donegal MD. There's an awful lot in the Gaeltacht area and I'm working very closely with them in order to get things done for, for that side of things. Um, you know, Mallinbeg, Glen Columkill, the, the, the folk village in there, working alongside then promoting the heritage and the, and the tourism with regard to the cruise ship industry that, that comes into Killybegs yeah. and working with that. And I suppose the big thing in the Killybegs region to help with the southwest Donegal region is the RRDF funding that came through, which is the Island House project, it's almost five million. So we worked very hard on that to get that over the line and that has actually started now. So that's a huge project that will really benefit the entire southwest region of Donegal. Uh, Barry Sweeney, you were uh, a lot more specific in what you uh, wanted to pursue and, and some of the issues you raised will come to uh, more specifically um, you're no, no less a hard worker, are you, now than you were when you stood for election? Uh, is the clock ticking, by the way, that you, that you talked about? The, or clock, not? the clock is actually, at the moment, it's not ticking because there's work ongoing around the clock at the moment, but it, okay. had, it was fixed into, in November 2019. We got the, the clock faces replaced by a huge kind of community effort, and that was done, but it's actually currently undergoing major work through the Historic Towns Initiative. You'll see it's covered in scaffolding at the moment, and... Yeah. Um, there's great investment in it and, and a lot of other of our prominent uh, historic buildings in the town. Have you, have, you, have you got any or most of what you wanted to do done in the past two, three and a half years? Yeah, it was quite a big shopping list when I listened back to the, 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 the clip you played earlier on. Didn't shock you or anything, did it? No, no, no. no. There, there are obviously things that I have, you know, that are... are very much to the forefront of my mind on an ongoing basis, you know, yeah. and you have your pre-election promises, but of course uh, whether you call them promises or not, you know but I, I did promise to work hard I promised to, to work hard for my community and I've absolutely no qualms or no doubt that, that I have done over and above what what, what is expected of a councillor. Well, there's no I know there's no rule book, or there's yeah. no, there's no uh, manual that comes with well, the job We'll, but, we'll uh, come back to more specific uh, items that, that you mentioned in a moment uh, Tom Conlon, I, I didn't use a clip but you said back then, you probably won't remember that there were, there were four issues that you wanted to get the grips with if you were elected. You probably don't remember what they are or what you had intended to do. 
or do you? Uh, well, probably morning now. Good morning. Probably, probably the uh, one of the main things was that uh, I suppose that list just got a little bit longer, and and uh, I would be uh, quietly confident that things are happening, and uh, you know, like for the town and the surrounding areas, that was my idea in the beginning, and there was so much to be do- felt that to be so much done. I would be happy to the fact that we have achieved so much at the moment and uh, the town and the surrounding areas seem to be going quite well and I would feel at all times, you know, like <coughs> we are a committee within the committee of the council and uh, I would feel the only way that probably we are working at the mo- moment, which I think has been quite successful, mm. is we're working together uh, and uh, I, I think it's, a, it's on the way up as far as I would be concerned. And, uh, and you do work together, do you, in general? We do work together. Yeah. Everybody fights their corner for their own purpose, for people that are looking for different things in the area. But uh, at the end of the day, like, politics doesn't really come into it. It's just a, a fact that uh, you're there and uh, you're voted there to be do something for the town in the, or the surrounding areas, and uh, yeah. that, that is what is happening. Okay, Michael McMahon, I think you were talking about uh, recognition uh, for smaller towns and villages back then, 2019, was that it? That is correct, yeah, yeah. and uh, I, as I say, have worked very hard for my, for my area, Bundoran there. As somebody has said there, you don't get all that you want to, because we had a fairly big boot there to fill, but I'm very happy that I have achieved some jobs for me and some areas, for, for, for Bundoran especially, you know, where I live. Um, I'd like to get a little bit more done for the constituency of South Donegal, but it's difficult, but I think we have worked very well as an MD and we have certainly produced uh, projects for the area that will help the people in the future. And, I, you know, I was very happy that we are ready to start 42 houses in Bundoran next year where we have a major housing shortage, you know, and other projects. I came in at a time when there was a lot of work to be done in Bundoran and, of course, we had the force-by-force force job was uh, we lost the blue flag status, which is very, very important and we had a fight for that <coughs> yeah. to get it back and thankfully got it back there. And we've done a lot of work on the seafront there to make sure that we will never lose it again. But uh, I'm pretty happy that I've worked very hard for the constituents as well. I, I give it 24-7, and I think uh, uh, there's not much more you, you can do just to keep keep going at the best you can and to work very, very closely with the organisations that are out there, the yep. Miguel County Council and the officials in Borfalcha, uh, and other organisations work there to make the areas a better place for people right, to live in. Right, we have questions in relation to every part of your electorate area, which is uh, a sizable geographic area, as we know. Let, let's start right where we are, the Abbey Hotel. Two questions in. Should the bus stop outside the Abbey be moved? It's causing a lot of congestion, particularly over summer months. Uh, someone else says, double and treble parking around the Diamond, especially the bank link machines, is leading to traffic congestion. Is there anything can be done about this? Uh, we'll ask you, Tom Connell, first in relation to that. And it's an ongoing issue, as we know. It has uh, brought it up on different occasions uh, as far as the bus is concerned and double parking and uh, you know like I think it's not of no benefit to the town but uh, I would be hoping with this with the master plan that we have council have laid out for the one way street coming into the diamond and uh, the double parking and uh, we are hoping that we have a facility that we can 
buses, for buses to park on right. from uh, day to day and night and all the rest. And the other thing is that uh, we also have a the plan for the fact that the uh, down at the as we call it the pier we're getting it revamped as well so I would hope maybe I know parking's a problem in Donegal Town and uh, we are yeah. working on a couple of different areas and I'm happy that, Yeah there was, there was some controversy with this uh, a couple of years ago so where, where will the buses stop then? Is, is, has that been decided yet? Where will the buses go? No it hasn't been decided yet but they, they, they will be moved from from the bottom of the diamond in front of the hotels here and uh Hopefully, maybe down as far as uh, opposite the pier and whatever the case may be locally, and maybe we are in negotiation with uh, trying, hoping, and trying to get a park for the buses that they can park ju- just within walking distance of the diamond. Right. Okay. Uh, so that that is something which is is ongoing. You think and, and will be sorted out. Okay. I, I'm very happy that it's pro- progress at the moment, and uh, we are hoping probably next week to be discussing the. Uh, the one-way streets, a couple of streets in Donegal Town here, and uh, hopefully maybe that'll help things as well, you know. And uh, it's just, uh, it's really unbelievable the way things are going, and I'm speaking to different uh, council on it, and uh, I think it's going to work quite well. Right, okay. Uh, tourism questions, lots of tourism questions, and lots of questions about camper van, the camper van uh, parking and regulations on that. And again, that was, I think, uh, a source of contention at some council meetings down the years. Uh, Barry Sweeney, what are your thoughts on camper vans and where they should be allowed park and for how long? Yeah, it's, it's something that has been a very contentious issue. <clears throat> As you know, in the last number of years, the, the camping caravan study has been, um, has been done and... Um, it's an issue that causes trouble locally um, yeah. amongst people in, in areas where it's not really suitable for camping for, for um, the parking of these campers. But you know we have to be realistic too and see that this is the way forward for tourism in in the country. It's more and more popular, and the provision of uh, facilities for camper vans is really important. The really important part of the tourism economy at the yeah. moment. And um, so, how how do you find a balance? I mean, there's people texting us during the week about the situation uh, down to the quay in Donegal Town, uh, Rossnaula, Bondoran as well. Mm-hmm. So, how how do you regulate this? Or yeah, well, you know, does the council have a policy? On this at the well, they're, they're working on that policy at the moment, you know, which which seems to be going on for a long time. But there's been a lot of consultation with the various groups that are uh, affected by it, both um, you know public communities, uh, camper van users, and groups as well. So it's important to get a balance. You mentioned the word balance earlier there, and it's a difficult mm. one to get um, yeah. because it, it is causing some trouble. But uh, there has been a, a, an incentive there for both businesses and community groups to apply for funding for um, facilities for campers. And I think within this district there were 14 applications that were successful okay. uh, in, 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 the la- in the recent times. So we hope to see more facilities, smaller scale things, sort of provision to alleviate some of these problems that we yeah. see on the likes of Teal and You're, you're, you're agreeing with that, Neve Kennedy, uh, and tourism was high on your agenda when you got elected. The camper vans issue, what are your thoughts on that and how do you get around this yeah, I think problem cam- if it is a problem? Well, it is a problem. It's yeah. a good problem as well to have, to be honest. Um, 
they do spend a lot of money um, and they are very welcome into the county and we all acknowledge that. It's just where, where they end up parking sometimes can cause a lot, a lot of problems for people, um, blocking people in, maybe too big of a camper van on, on a parking site or whatever it might be, when there's maybe a site allocated for camper vans that they're not using because there's a charge on one and not the other. And that's very basic things. But I feel with the camper van study, a lot of that has been thrashed out and ironed out and a lot yeah. of good work has gone into it. The grant also that has been mentioned and also the council is now doing a review on the aid to service that they have already without, throughout the county and I can see more of them coming on board in, in areas that are quite rural and areas that need the service. Um, the, the towns you know, don't really need too many camper vans in them and I understand that people want to be close to the centre of a town while they're in their camper van. They want yeah. to be able to go for a few pints or a nice meal or whatever it might be. So where they're welcome, we need, we need to certainly segregate and, and help you know, with everybody to make sure that it yeah. works for everybody. All right. Uh, Noel Jordan, do you want to yeah. tell us your views on, on the camper van yeah, parking uh, situation? Uh, yeah, I welcomed the, the recent study on it and uh, it threw up a lot of, uh, supposed to threw up a lot of questions. Uh, and um, uh, of course, um, uh, you know, I always say about, uh, about tourism and the county, um, we welcome the tourism because we are a tourism county anyway. Yeah. But uh, we need to have that infrastructure in place. And it's all about infrastructure. And sometimes, sometimes people, um, you know, get fr we get frustrated as, uh, as uh, council members. We, we do get frustrated because it takes a long time to get that infrastructure in place and uh, get the shovels, get, uh, get projects shovel ready. Now, um, I would be, we have encouraged um, the council numerous times to have that infrastructure in place so that we can cope with the amount of camper mm -hmm. vans that's coming in. And as, uh, as Councillor Candy has alluded to, um, they do, uh, people, you know, there's annoyance at times with, <clears throat> with camper vans, but, but uh, they do spend a lot on the economy. Yeah, and, uh, so that has to be taken into account. It has to be taken into account. Uh, Michael McMahon, no need to remind you of the uh, controversy there has been in relation to parking spaces in Bundoran down the years for camper vans. Well, camper vans have uh, been also very welcome in Bundoran because they do spend a lot of money to the economy and we've... Uh, are in a position to uh, where there's two private operators that have a yeah. place for camper vans but uh, sometimes they don't take use of that and then they park in places where you really don't want them to park. Most of them are honourable people, but you have the odd one that will leave uh, rubbish and stuff behind and that, that's, that's not, not acceptable. The, as I speak, now, we have another application coming into the council for another camper van site in Bundorn. The, the, yeah. the problem that we have, of course, is Tullinstan, which is a major attraction yeah. for Bundorn, and they go up there and, of course, they park up there. Uh, and then in the summer, it'd be it'd come a, a place for where, where you can get tower torn or can't get out or can't get in, and that that is is a, a cause for concern. But we want to work for, very closely with them uh, as much as possible, and to make sure that that they are welcome in Bundoran, no matter what people have been saying. You know, yeah, I, I work and, very. And they, they do spend money in the in the local. The vast majority of them will, well. will spend money in that, and uh, mm. they're they're from all over Europe now at this stage, you know. And there is a camper van association in 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 Ireland, and we want to work very very closely with that. And as some of the councillors said, said there, we would like that uh, you know that we would take a very serious view yeah. of of uh, providing accommodation for camper vans because they they are big for the area and they come from all over Europe, and okay. uh, we we want to work closely with that. Okay, uh, Michael Nocton is with us as well. Morning to you, Michael, and welcome. Uh, 
and thanks for joining us. And and good morning, Ireland. Good morning to your listeners. And, and you mentioned uh, the importance of tourism in, in your outline to the electorate uh, back in 2019, which includes, obviously, the, the aspect of, of camper vans. Are we doing enough, do you think, in this area to, to attract tourists? Yes, now you're 100% right. Uh, tourism is huge to, to Donegal and that, and uh, especially here to South Donegal, that basically we have so much water and so much coast and that. Uh, yes, I mean, we probably were a little bit slow off the blocks, if the truth is to be told. But we, yes, we have made huge strides and, you know, th- there was a, a survey set up and basically, you know, no later than two weeks ago, there was 14 sites in Donegal allocated funding for, for, for campervan sites and that. And, yeah. you know, th- there is a, a huge part of our economy for someone that's working in tourism on, on a daily basis we know the importance of it in that meaning but you know we all have to play a part and we have to make sure that we put the facilities and the right facilities and you know and I know it can cause uh, confusion and annoyance to a lot of people if they're double parking car parking taking up a few, few different spaces so these these are the issues so basically we make them a site and caravan vans and, and camper vans I mean they need to be beside water they need to be on, on the outskirts of, of towns I mean because I mean they want to be walking distance and you know these are the kind of facilities that we have to put in, in place I mean but I think yes we're, we're we're going the right direction. We're making great strides in the last number of years. And I think it's very important that, you know, that we have the message out there that we, they are welcome in Donegal because they can contribute a huge amount to the economy and that basically is a place for them in the tourism destination in Donegal. OK, all sorts of questions coming in from recycling facilities around the area to accommodation of Ukrainian refugees to lack of bus shelters. But still there's... Uh, text coming in in relation to the uh, public toilets, um, more uh, accurately in relation to Bundoran. Why are the public toilets in Bundoran not open to the public at the moment? And the Ballyshannon public toilets is cropping up as well. I'll, I'll start with you, Barry Sweeney, as you mentioned it in 2019. What is the situation, and it changes as we know, with the public toilets in Ballyshannon, first of all, and then Bundoran, if you know? Okay, so in, in Ballyshannon, um, the the situation is that it's they've been closed for so long, um, but the, there is a service in Ballyshannon at the moment for public toilet use, and that is in the leisure centre that's in, made um, yeah. in recent years. Because um, I suppose just to backtrack a wee bit here, and um, uh, the, the the toilets were were closed. There was a big campaign to get them reopened. Yeah. When the various studies and that were done on it, it was going to be very expensive to do it. And, you know, I posed the questions, would we not be better demolishing them and rebuilding a smaller um, a smaller facility? Or do we go ahead and... But basically it was, it was too expensive to redo what was there because at the end of the day, it's still not a very yeah. um, usable or nice uh, space. So we've been working very hard on the regeneration of that whole area and we had a great public consultation event just during the week, um, which includes uh, a lot of new development in the area, including the demolition of those um, toilets and rebuilding a, a, a nice new facility. That's something that will take... Okay, you know, so, so new toilets will be done. built. Uh, new toilets will be the built. The arrangement with the leisure centre is a temporary The, the arrangement. arrangement there is is in place, ongoing at the moment, and they are open actually probably longer hours than yeah. the other toilets were opened in the past. And as well as that, we have two different locations in the town where we have uh, a port um in place for people who for use outside of uh, of the, the business hours of the, the leisure yeah. centre. Okay, well, Neve Kennedy, of course, we've, we've had... Um, issues with, with public toilet facilities in Schlieve League as well. 
Um, yeah, that's correct. That was very bad a number of years ago, but that has all been uh, sorted out now. There's a, a brand new state-of-the-art building up there anyway, and the ranger station. So there's toilets in both areas, at yeah. the top car park and at the bottom, so that they're working very well. Yeah, it's good, and they're kept very well, and there's no complaints about them since. The other area was in Killybegs was quite a, a number of demands on that, and the hotels were at, you know stretched there yeah. to a limit. And during COVID, obviously, uh, people were coming in and travelling and, and buses in from Glencolm Kill, Carrickle Car into Killybegs and no, no toilet facilities. So we did manage to get toilet facilities opened and they are constantly open now. They're actually in, in the tourist office on the shorefront in Killybegs and we work with the council with an agreement on that. So they're working very well as well. So that has definitely cured a big, big problem. All right, OK. Uh, Michael McMahon, you're up to speed, I suppose, with the Bundoran situation. Uh, whoever sent in that report uh, doesn't know Bundorn, it hasn't been in Bundorn. The toilets are open, public toilets are open in Bundorn, as I always say, 365 days of the year. That's okay. the ones on the main street at the tourist office. We had two public toilets open yeah, all Maybe they, can't, all, all maybe the they can't find them, I don't know. They well, I mean, they're not. Uh, they're not looking because it's properly signed. And we had, yeah. uh, on the seafront, we had seashells open uh, all summer. We also have two portaloos up at, at um, Tullahan Strand and a portaloo uh, just up to Rugby. So the toilets are open there. They're look, looked after by, by myself and by the local tooth workers. Uh, at the moment, there is uh, regeneration work going on in them, but they're still open. Uh, because we are doing a new project there at the West End Car Park Ocean uh, side, uh, which is the outdoor diner, and there's an extra toilet actually being put in there, a wheelchair accessible toilet there, so uh, the toilets are open there, cleaned every morning, 365 days of the year, and whoever said that is totally uh, hasn't okay. seen Sony says, says they, they weren't open yesterday, but anyway, you can check that maybe when you get back in, on your beat. And anybody else in relation to the toilets before we move on? Uh, there's, there's a question coming in, and it came in again during the week about the, the accommodation, the Ukrainian refugee uh, situation. And I'll read the text which came in uh, just uh, a few moments ago. Can you ask the panel their views on the fact that thousands of tourists visit Schlieve League every year, but next year they'll have nowhere to stay due to the fact that all accommodation in that area is full, um, catering for Ukrainian refugees, apart from a few bed and breakfast houses. And of course, you had the care look of Donegal County Council, Liam Blaney, uh, yesterday or the day before saying that uh, an analysis needed to be carried out of the accommodation situation in County Donegal. Michal Nocton, how, how do you feel about accommodation for the Ukrainians? Uh, Donegal has the second highest number of Ukrainian uh, refugees in the country. Uh, yes, Niall, I mean, it, it, it is, it is a, a big issue at the moment. And I mean, definitely, I, I think basically as a county and as a country, there was probably an onus of basically to provide some accommodation. But unfortunately, basically, you know, you have to get a happy medium and you have to get a right balance. Unfortunately, it probably has swung maybe too much in, in the other way that we probably maybe have overpopulated Donegal with U Ukrainians and that. But the reality of the situation is basically we don't want to be a case, and I said this before, of them and us. Because basically, you know, that's the one thing. We don't want to upset our own people. And basically because if they feel they're losing a service, they're not getting a service, or Ukrainians are put before them. And that's, that's where we have it, you know, the issues of that. People think that basically they're being done out of houses. I mean, they can't get a medical card. They can't get to see a doctor. These are the issues. And I think basically the big issue at the moment is basically is trying to get doctor's appointments, basically, and, and get, you know... On, on buses and all that sort of stuff. So these are, these are the issues that, that it does cause. I mean, again, you know, on the other side, for someone in, in business, I mean, you know, 
cost of living, the cost of running, you know, hotels or running these houses mm. at the moment are, are, are gone up. People feel then that the council are giving away council houses. Let, let me state here very clearly, any houses given to Ukrainians are not council houses and the council don't give any of the council. So, I mean, that's a bit of confusion out there. So I want to make sure that it's clear, cleared up, up here, here today. I think basically, you know, you know, people say that there's a shortage of houses and then you see all these houses coming on stream. I think that he it opens another debate here. In you know, maybe if the government work with these people, that yeah. we could get houses uh, more quicker in, in, into the system. Okay. That. Okay. Um, well, Noel Jordan, you're familiar with the, the Schlieve League area and how important it is for tourism. Is it the case that there's no accommodation available for, for people in that area? Yeah, from or, the offset here, Naila. Like I would want to make it quite clear that um, I have huge sympathy for the Ukrainian people and. Uh, and uh, we all understand why they have to flee their own country because of the war there. Um, but I feel that there wasn't the plan that was put together. I know that the government entered an agreement mm. uh, to take uh, to take in Ukrainian people, and um, I think the plan there was no plan. Honestly, I don't think for the the numbers that have arrived in Donegal, there was no analysis done at all. Because don't forget before. The Ukrainian war, we had a housing crisis, we had a housing crisis in this county. And uh, on top of that, on top of that, um, we were well aware of the MICA crisis. Yeah. And now we're in a situation where it has affected our tourism industry. So, you know, the numbers, as uh, you know, as has been stated uh, before this, that, uh, you know, they have to be a fine balance in this. But there was there was no research done at all. I, I, I can and what it is creating is a huge animosity towards these people, and that's not fair. They don't make that decision. Once they get on that bus in Dublin when they land in Donegal, um, I feel you know it's not them that makes that decision. It's it's the people themselves. And there is confusion out there. What we're getting a lot of calls as, as yeah. local representatives from the domestic side of this, trying to access. Um, um, uh, through I-Pass, which is very, very difficult to get people into your own uh, household. And uh, I believe now they are changing that. Uh, they, uh, they're actually, uh, they suppose the fee that they were, they were going to pay towards householders was, I think it was 400 a month. They're going to double that now. But they still find it very hard to access, um, yeah. access that. Okay. That. Well, there's lots and lots of questions coming in. We'll get to as many issues as we can before the councillors uh, take their leave. For now, we'll take a very quick break. Right, welcome back. 20 minutes to 10. We're live in the Abbey Hotel in Donegal Town with the councillors from the Donegal electorate area. Some quick-fire questions in no particular order. Um, the junction at Lahis is this person turning off for Pettigo and into Keys of Lahi. Is there any plans for traffic calming measures? There still continues to be minor accidents in that area. Uh, Michal Nocton on that one. Comes up all the time in our show, I have to say. Yes, Niall, and that, I mean, and uh, again, I mean, unfortunately, the, the person that's sending the message mustn't have just heard the latest news because I was on your radio station yesterday, basically highlighting that by the end of November, there will be camming measures put in, in Lahey here. As it is only a temporary measure at the moment, that means there will be islands and, and lights put in there to, to calm the traffic, but the bigger plan here is, is a roundabout, and basically the TII are, are, are well aware of, of the situation here at Lahey. It is an accident black spot. We had an accident there in, in uh, September, we had another one unfortunately again there last night uh, yeah. at, at Lahey, and that, uh, and I mean the people there locally are frustrated, the people of South Donegal are frustrated in relation to this, you know it's gone on basically for the last three years, but there is progress being made, I mean this is a 
start. Hopefully these CAM measures that will be, be installed by the end of November will, will help. But basically the big plan here is to put a, a roundabout for, for the future safety of the people of Donegal and, and the Lahey area. All right. Anybody else want to comment on that? No. Yeah. yeah. Or, um, no. Just as, as um, last night, there I was handed a petition from uh, the the residents along that road in Lahey, which with a uh, quite a number of names on it, uh, and uh, uh, they're anxious that we move forward with this. And as Councillor Nocton alluded to, there's going to be temporary measures put in place by the end of, or before the end of November, uh, which will which. Uh, won't address everything, but uh, it'll put the common measures in place, and it is a huge concern for that area because of yeah. the accident black spot that it is. Uh, when will Killybegs be bypassed, and when will Fintra Bridge be bypassed? Does that make sense, uh, Councillor Kennedy? What is the situation? Well, Do I, I don't think Killybegs is going to be bypassed anytime soon. Um, I wouldn't think so, but I think Fintra Bridge certainly. Um, the works is ongoing on that. How could you bypass Killybegs? I'm wondering, <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll have to forget about that one. Yeah, yeah. I mean there so was a road. Yeah, there was a road now mooted for a bypass for Killybegs. All right, at one stage, but that's very old. And maybe someday in the future it might happen, but I, I can't see it actually happening anytime soon. There's no point in making any promises for that. Um, Fintra Bridge, yeah, it's an interesting. It's going good. Um, the the procurement is completed now, and yeah. the project. Is appointed in the project land valuer. They're finalising the the scheme now for the the costs. Um, that issue then goes to the Department of Transport for approval. Um, the landowners have all been notified. The discussions have already taken place with a number of the significant landowners, um, where there's a lot of land that they own. Um, the they're dealing with that at the moment, and 1.4 million has been spent on it this year. Four million is allocated toward it for next year, and then on the completion year, 1.65 million, which okay. takes it up to 7.5, 7.05. Now, I would imagine that will obviously increase over the next couple of years, price-wise, because of obviously Brexit and, yeah. and the economy and all of the rest of it. But subject to the CPOs, and the con this construction is due to take place in 2024. And finally, right. so it is progressing. All Absolutely, right. yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, somebody else wants to know when will Donegal Town get a cinema? Planning permission was cleared for the cinema, and yet there's been no further development on it. Uh, Tom Connan, could you enlighten us on that one? Yeah, well, the only thing I have a good answer on that one. I, I see at the moment that there's a little bit of work going on on the site. Now, I'm not sure what, what stage it's at or what's the progress in it, but. Uh, Looking at it the other day, there's, there's diggers and people working on the site at the moment, and uh, that's the only thing that I can bring up on it. All right, I, I can be, and before we move on from you, someone else uh, asks you specifically in relation to potholes. The bottle bank, they say, if I can bring this up here, the bottle bank behind the forest station on Donegal Town is all I have to ask Tom Connan. It's disgraceful. The potholes are inches deep. There are potholes there that you're aware of. Yeah, Tom. I couldn't agree more with it. Now, in fact, I've been trying for so long to try and get this problem sorted out. Um, one, of, one of the main th problems is probably that uh, who owns the whole area uh, uh, beside where the fire station is, and uh, it se seems to be difficult to get work done on it and get a surface on it. The complaint has been made, surely, by mm. he heavy vehicles coming in and turning and, and moving, and uh, the other thing, and parking. We, we all know, you know, like, regardless of who it is or what it is, of heavy vehicles, 
when you have got a certain length of time to do your journey, maybe it's three and a half, four hours, you have to pull in for a break. And uh, a lot of vehicles seem to be pulling in for for uh, maybe sleepover or tea yeah. or what it Longer or breaks than you would imagine. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and uh, okay. we, we, uh, there was a couple of areas that needed for the bottle banks at the moment, but uh, objections and people are entitled to object. Uh, so it means that we have to go again now and look at another couple of areas to see okay. if we can All right. take a move on it. A, a more general question which came in, uh, what can be done or what should be done to sort out all the derelict buildings in the South Donegal area? Michael McMahon, well, is it a problem, first of all? They are quite a problem. We have got rid of four now in Bundorn at the moment. I would like to get rid of them all, if that's possible. And I think it is possible. But I think, you know, successive governments have talked about this, but there's really been nothing done about it. And we have quite a number of derelict buildings in in the region. Uh, the, the point about it is that you need money, first of all, to be allocated yeah. for derelict buildings. And then you need to find out who owns the build, who owns the building, which can become a, a problem if you don't know who, who owns it. Uh, they are uh, a source of uh, d- declining, uh, as I say, in the Bundoran area. But uh, the, the, the work that that has to be done and should be done for the clear up the town as regards the early buildings needs to be tackled and tackled immediately. Yeah. As I, I want to emphasise the point, I want to thank the contractors that have come into Bundoran to t- taken over a couple of early buildings or bought them and done them up and they're in a very, they're, look very, very well. But early buildings is, is uh, a major problem and will be ongoing, but we will keep with that uh, as an okay. issue that we need to keep with. Very, very Sweeney, on the same issue. Yeah, well... You, this is the scourge of many towns and villages all over the country and it's something that has been is being tackled and there's a lot of uh, initiatives you know from government level in terms of the town centre first policy and that to try and deal with um with our derelict and our vacant properties <coughs> and I mean, the recently announced Creek Onia Fund is is uh, a good fund to tackle vacancy and dereliction and to try and encourage people to come in and use yeah. those properties as their primary residence. And that one has been expanded from just... It was just within the town centre. It has been expanded now to deal with rural properties as well. That's one of the initiatives, you know, but there's other things like you see the work going on in Ballyshannon at the moment through the Historic Towns Initiative from a heritage-led yeah. regeneration point of view. And uh, we, we see major improvements been made on what are what is uh, 17 properties in the town centre of Ballyshannon at the moment um, from a heritage point of view and then it's about actually using further and leveraging further funding to bring those buildings back to use and uh, breathe a bit of new life into them. Uh, there's been some good stories already, you know, one of the buildings that was tackled, there, there was a family living in one of those buildings yeah. at the moment and uh, there's there's ideas and plans for, for it but at least uh, in the meantime, the, the streetscape and the dereliction is being tackled. And some of these are properties that have been derelict for like yeah. 60 and 70 years. Okay. Um, I'll give this one to you, Noel Jordan. Uh, maybe you're not the person to answer it. What, when will the new walkway be in place along the shore road in Mount Charles? Yeah. Can you tell us? Yeah, that, that's uh, something that I would love to see happening. And uh, we had a, a consultancy group uh, that done a full report on it uh, last year. Uh, we're waiting on the findings of that report. Um, yeah. Waiting on the findings of that report. And again, as I, as I alluded from the very start, um, it's about having the proper infrastructure in place. We have a, probably a discharge point from uh, a wastewater treatment plant in Manchardis, which has been announced lately and a, and a welcome at big time. And before any of that works goes ahead, 
these works need to be completed first. And I think it'd be a huge addition to the area because I think it's a um, hundreds of people walk walk this um, route every day. Um, I, I think it's a hidden gem, to be quite honest. Yeah. Uh, and it would really enhance the the tourism aspect of Mancharlis in particular. Uh, what are the councillors doing about dog dirt in general in the Donegal town area, especially the old Lahey Road? The old uh, the old problem again. Michael Nocton, any thoughts on that and how we sort out this? Issue. Yes, um, I mean, Niall, this, this is an issue and it's something that, that, that comes up on, on, on a regular basis. I mean, but I mean, you know, there is the onus on the, the, the pet lover and the person that goes out. I mean, and, and we all have to be mindful and we all have to play a part. It's not down to one individual here to, to, to solve this issue, it's down, it's down to the people. You know, with their dogs going out. I mean, there is bags. I mean, there, there is bins and, and that in these areas. So I mean, you know, it is very annoying and it is very frustrating for people that's going out with kids and, and buggies running in this. Older people out walking and that and stepping into this. It's not a nice thing to have anywhere. And yeah. I think basically we all have to play our part in this to, to rectify it. And it's no good, good blame and ringing the council and saying about it. Everyone has to play their part in this. Okay. Anybody else want to make a comment on? Well, it is, a, it is a problem, like, and yeah. we have that problem in Bundoran. There's more dogs, uh, people walking now than ever before, and I suppose since COVID and thing happened, uh, people have two dogs or some, maybe three dogs. We want to make sure, you know, that people, old people are, are, are looked after, that they don't walk on dog poo or whatever the case may be, especially as Councillor Nocton has alluded on uh, push chairs, uh, wheelchairs. We, we provide yeah. uh, d d doggy bins, what we call doggy bins, uh, in, in Bundorn. In actual fact, throughout the, the beach area and the promenade, we have eight where the, there's bags put in there. But unfortunately, we put in something like uh, 8,000 bags last year and we, we put them in every second day. But people are inclined to take when they take them on, they take three or four and then that, that causes a problem. Uh, yeah. People should be in control of their dogs. I suppose, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, it's been said, that, you know, about, about this, you know, that... Uh, there's different measures that the council are taking. I'm not sure that all these measures that they're taking are appropriate enough, you know. But uh, it is an issue and an ongoing okay. issue and people should, you know, okay. do the right thing and clean up. I, I just want to follow up something that, that Noel Jordan said at, at the outset uh, and it, again, it's reflected in a number of messages this morning. Is, is there a feeling, do you feel as, as councillors that South Donegal is the poor relation of the county? And again, uh, arising from that, um, they are at the moment looking at rejigging the electoral, the general election constituency boundaries. And is it better that Donegal goes back into a constituency of its own, be it Donegal Southwest or South or an entire Donegal constituency? Noel, what, what are your thoughts on that? If we're talking about probably investment, I think there's a, a fair balance of investment in the municipal district, yeah. regardless yeah. Of, of the boundary changes. We're being told at a council level that it won't change. Yeah, it won't change. But as as at a national level, uh, the census uh, results will probably uh, throw up uh, the maybe the idea of going back into northeast and southwest yeah. constituencies, which would yeah. make a lot more sense. I think, which would make a lot more sense. Yeah. Um, totally make a lot more sense. And uh, because people were frustrated, uh, I know people in the Ballyshannon and Bundoran. Ballantrae is very, very frustrated uh, that you know that they haven't got local representatives representing them. Though the people that are in place are, are, are trying to do their best and, and and doing a pretty good job, you know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Neve Kennedy, do you do you ever feel when you're on the council that that 
you're you're battling hard. Is is there a priority on the north of the county at all? Do you find, or that's not the case? Mm. At council level, I'm talking about. No, I don't think so. And I think you know, Colin, you can, South Donegal, the poor relation. I actually I don't believe that to be true at all. I think we, we've got a very strong municipal district and area here with an awful lot of um, money coming into to the region infrastructurally. It's, it's been very, very good. I don't think we can complain about it and there's an awful lot of grants coming through that we can avail of and we're very, very good at that. Yeah. Um, as far as you know, the, the whole county is concerned, it's, it's lovely to have you know, your, council, your, your TDs elected all in the county and County Donegal having six TDs would be very good. Uh, I don't think we can see that. We'll see that happening. Um, I'm not 100% sure what the the the, um, the statistics are saying or what what the census is saying at the moment. But um, look, if it is, it would be great. I would yeah. have a good strong uh, team going up to the doll. Would be would be no harm at all. Uh, it affects your uh, area, of course, uh, Barry Sweeney, uh, Bally Shannon. You'd be better off, do you think, in in a Donegal constituency, be it a half Donegal constituency or reunited as, a, as an entire county, you feel? Yeah, I, I absolutely feel that. I think that there is a, a push to reunite uh, counties and respect the county boundaries. I think that's what should be done. And uh, I do think that we have a good re- working relationship with our colleagues in Sligo Leitrim. Um, but as I've said a number of times in this show, I do believe that the right thing to do is to respect the, the county boundaries. And, and uh, we do know that it's down to the facts and the figures. Um, the census shows us that uh, there is an increase in population by about 4% in Donegal um, and similarly in Sligo Leitrim. There will be an increase in the amount of TDs in, in the country uh, on the, you know, by, by law now there will have to be a minimum of 171 TDs elected at the next general election um, up from 160 um, now it may be more than that and depending yeah. on the amount, depending on the, the, the pro rata uh, Donegal, the South Donegal could possibly be taken in this time um, or certainly after further population growth next time around. Alright, okay I, I'll, I'll come to a wrap up in a moment but just have one very quick question which has come in in relation to a library for Donegal Town it was promised a number of years ago says this listener and a site beside the credit union what is the update on this? Does anybody know? Tom, do you know? Well, as far as I've been concerned, Niall, the, uh, it's on hold surely at the moment and it's, it's with council and government for funding and uh, they're, they're right probably the fact that the site has been picked, one of the sites have been picked but there's two or three sites there and uh, at the moment we're just following it up to see if we can get it moved on as, as soon as possible because I, th- I think, you know, it's, it's very important, it's very important for young people that we have a, that facilities and uh, I am hopeful that it will be within the next... Okay, all right. Uh, rumble, rumble strips for Park Hill and Bally Shannon, roundabouts at Aldi and Donegal Town. It, 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 there's lots and lots of suggestions as uh, to what, what needs to be done for the remainder of your term. I, I'll, I'll finish with a quick wrap-up from each of the councillors, beginning with you, uh, Michael Nocton. Um, what would you like to see achieved for yourself personally and indeed for the, the electorate area in the next... Uh, what, a year and a half or so? That, uh, well, and Niall, basically, I mean, you know, I think the general public out there would know that basically I'm on the ground, I'm, I'm working tirelessly for, 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 the, for this area. I mean, I would like to see more uh, upgrading of the Pettico Road, as I said uh, basically here already that we alluded to, that basically we get the safety measures and maybe the roundabout started at, at uh, Lahey and that. Also, basically, the 
the Diamond and Donegal Town and, and the pair to see them done. Also, I think basically something that I, I started with Rossi Longan. I think it has a huge attraction here for South Donegal. I think it, it, it can be a great tourism destination. I'd like to see that develop de- 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 more. And I mean, also the one with the system in Donegal Town. I know the other council will talk about their own area, but I mean, you know, from Bundoran to Glen Column Kill, there is issues that we work on, on a daily basis with the six councillors together, making sure, sure it happens. But I mean, there is so much happening out there at the moment. I mean, you know, the, the in, in, infrastructure, basically, and the CIS grants and that, the LIS grants, these are basically help, help the local community. I mean, I would like to see basically the continuation of, of that CIS for the Drummerone Road uh, that, that we get the rest of the, the, the bends, bends out. These are some of the, the, the local issues. I mean, there's footpaths, which is a huge, huge issue locally. Also, I would like to see basically Lahey National School get, getting the, the, the connected to, to the sore, which, which is a, a big issue there for, for the last number of, of years and that. Uh, again, Betty, we're contacted on a daily basis in relation to Irish water and, and um, broadband. Two issues that Betty, we as councillors, our hands are ne- nearly tied, but they're huge, huge issues yeah. for the general general public out there on, on a daily basis. I'd like to see more reform of the Irish water. I, I think Betty, their service charges and what they're charging at the moment okay. has to be, has to be looked at. A lot to done be- before 2024. Michael McMahon, what would you see as your priorities in the next Well, uh, one of my priorities, period? and it's been an ongoing situation for quite a number of years, is the Ballyshannon Bundoran fire stations, which hasn't been achieved yet, you know, but we're working very, very hard with that, with the council and with the department, and, you know, I can't understand, indeed, Councillor Sweeney has been working very closely with me on that. And they have to be separate fire stations. They have to be separate fire stations. That has been the campaign for well over 35 years, 40 years, you might say, that we have fire stations for Bundoran and Ballyshan, and in this day and age, and we've seen the the serious tragedy in Chrysler and my sympathies go out to everybody there, that, you know, if you're developing your town or developing your area, I think one of the things is security, and security is a fire station you know our town and uh, has developed rapidly and we are in a in more in a bigger position now to increase population and yeah. to uh, have a facility but if you don't have safety uh, well then you don't have anything you know and to uh, mess around with uh, uh, the fire station i think has, has been cruel been cruel to the people of the areas cruel to the firemen, cruel to the people who are trying to okay, bring so that... That uh, would be your main aims off of the Well, that would be one of my main yeah. aims. You, have a, you, you do have a, a lot of main aims, you know. Yeah. We are starting a lot of projects in Bundoran. Uh, the Destination Town project has started okay. already. The architects are there, uh, Paul Doherty Associates, which will be starting now. Okay. And we have a, the, a small... Uh, bit of work to do at the Trumpany Swimming Pool. There's okay. projects that I keep working on all the time, including uh, work for the small areas like as Conjure Nocturnes and Padigo, Balantra, so that they're not forgot about. And okay. it's, uh, it's ongoing. All and right. It, uh, and Tom, Tom, Tom Conaghan, what, what do you see as your priorities for the next uh, term of the Council, as it were? Well, I would hope, Niall, that uh, you know, things will continue the way they are in the Donegal town and the surrounding areas. Uh, and, uh, I would also like to pay tribute to the hard workers that have left areas at, the, at one stage or another and have come back to spend their money in Donegal Town. In actual fact, what we have at the moment is probably up to 120, 50 houses being built at the moment here in the town and yeah. uh, some great developers and I wouldn't like to see any falling away from them and they, I, I would like to thank them for their purchases and all the rest. And the other thing is that I would like to see the parking and uh, around the diamond and the pier sorted out with this, this new uh, uh, area that they're going to do uh, and yeah. uh, 
master plan. And the other thing is that uh, uh, I think, you know, in fairness, at the end of the day, it's what we want, surely, but the, is the money there? And the other thing is, hopefully, may, maybe in a short time to come, people will get a little bit surprised when they see where the bottle banks are going. All right. <laughs> OK, we'll say more than that. Barry, Barry Sweeney, a quick wrap-up from you and what you'd like to... To, to achieve before yeah. 2024. I'd like to second what Councillor McMahon mentioned about the, the fire stations. That is a burning issue, excuse the pun, but it's it's one that uh, we are working very hard on and I hope that we'll get some resolution after after decades we, that we will uh, get proper direction soon. Um, I, I want to continue with the heritage-led regeneration yeah. in, in the in the Ballyshannon area um, uh, to make it a better place to live and attract more people to come visit and, and live. Um, it's great to see the completion uh, almost uh, approaching uh, on the Shield Hospital project, a 31 million euro project at this stage, uh, which will uh, help to transform that area. Um, the or the the regeneration project uh, I mentioned is sort of the town centre yeah. and uh, the Riverbank Walk there, which is a, which is a, a massive opportunity. Also, a thing we've been working on, we haven't mentioned it today, is cross-border working group that, that yeah. we have established in the last couple of years. Uh, a lot of different ideas with that, one of them being the Balik to Ballyshannon cycleway and uh, the development of that, along with other walkways and that that interlink That's in the Nather Forest, the Cotton Hill and even Creevy. Um, the Diamond and Donegal town here, it'd be great to see the, the work ongoing in, in in the in the coming months, and um, I, I'd also like us to continue as as six councillors working really well together. We're doing that, and I, I have to say that working together works. And we can see what happened, you know, in, in yeah. this day and 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 yesterday in, in the north. How if we don't work together, we okay. get nowhere. Well, we'll see how friendly you are in, in 2024. <laughs> so, no, no, just a final thought from you on what. Uh, yeah. feel needs to be prioritised over the next yeah, year and a half or so. I think something that we didn't touch on this morning is uh, and it's, look at it's at the national level too, is uh, the cost of living crisis yeah. I would like, without these small businesses in any town and villages um, to survive, they need the necessary, necessary supports and I don't feel they've gone far enough uh, with them supports and to keep them towns and villages alive uh, we've been talking about different infrastructure, uh, different ways of revitalising villages and towns without them businesses. And uh, uh, them, we, they won't survive. They'll go under. And I, 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 we're going into... Uh, I have to commend all the small businesses that remained open through COVID yeah. because it was a very hard time for them. But they also face a very uncertain uh, wonder. And I would urge... I would urge the council, or I would urge the government to provide the necessary supports to keep these businesses alive. Without them, okay. we don't have towns and villages. All right, okay. And a final, a final thought from you, Neve Kennedy, and what yeah. you'd like to be see oh. achieved in the next uh, well, term think, of the council. Yeah, it'd be great to be able to finish off a lot of the projects that have already started. I think that was one of the things we said at the beginning of this year alone. I think COVID did delay us quite a bit with, with some of the, the, the things that was happening or not happening. But again, a lot of good things came out of COVID as well. Um, a lot of community kitchens were set up, a lot of deliveries of food, a lot of more caring toward people and all of that. And the, the people that were working in that have to be recognised for the work that they did. And a lot of that, as I say, is still ongoing. And as I say, community kitchens have popped up and they're still in existence, which is really great. There's a lot of funding coming in, as I said already. We've got Clare, Orris, Town and Village and Streetscape Enhancement Funding. 
We're also the first MD in the first county council in the country to have a community trails plan, mm. which will take in all of our community walks and trails in, um, in the MD, as well as in the county, but the MD is the first of its kind. So we're very proud of that as six councillors to put the money through from our DFA funding together for that. The important part is to bring people along with us to help support the communities that we're involved with on a, on a regular basis and to, to prop them up in any way we can and to support them in every way we can. And I think by encouraging that, we're encouraging employment at a local level and bringing people together and building much more resilient communities. All right, OK. Uh, well, I, Noel is assuming all six of, you, six of you will run again. I presume that's a given, is that you all, you all will run again. I meant to ask you that. I presume you will. Uh, and the boxing ring beside it wasn't needed at all this morning, so thanks for that. Thanks to all six councillors for coming in. We know how busy you are to uh, Councillor Michal Nocton, Michael McMahon, Tom Conahan, Barry Sweeney, Noel Jordan and Neve Kennedy. Thanks for joining us. We will take our 10 o'clock news break. We're way over time and apologies to the newsroom for that. Lots more guests to talk to in the Abbey Hotel after 10. We'll be joined by the Mayor of Donegal Town, Porrick Kennedy. Uh, we'll have the Blue Stacks Choir with us and the Chief Executive of the Blue Stacks Special Needs Foundation. And we'll also be speaking with Elaine, Sales and Marketing Manager here with the Abbey and Central Hotels. I found the love for me Darling, just dive right in and follow my leads Well, I found the girl beautiful and sweet Oh, I never knew you were the someone waiting for me Cause we were just kids when we fell in love, not knowing what it was, I will not give you up this time. Darling, just kiss me slow, your heart is all I own, and in your eyes you're holding mine. Baby. When I said you looked a mess I whispered underneath my breath You heard it, darling You look perfect tonight Well, I found a woman Stronger than anyone I know She shares my dreams, I hope Someday I'll share a home I found the love To carry more than just my secrets To carry love, to carry children of our own We are still kids but we're so in love Fighting against all odds I know we'll be alright this time My future in your eyes Baby, I'm dancing in the dark With 
between my arms Barefoot on the grass Listening to our favorite songs When I saw you in that dress Looking so beautiful I don't deserve this darling You look perfect tonight Oh no, no Between my arms, barefoot on the grass, listening to our favorite songs. I have faith in what I see. Now I know I have met an angel in person. She looks perfect. I don't deserve this. You look perfect tonight. Well, uh, I mean, how fabulous is that uh, on a Friday morning? That's uh, some of the members of the Blue Stack Choir, uh, and we thank them for coming here this morning. We'll hear more from them in a few moments under the direction of Fintan, uh, Fintan Gallagher, who's playing the guitar as well. Fintan is choir director and training and progression officer with the Blue Stack Special Needs Foundation. And we'll be speaking with Wendy, the chief executive of the Blue Stack Special Needs Foundation in a moment. Absolutely fantastic. You enjoyed that, Pori Kennedy, you did. Absolutely fabulous, and we're so uh, blessed to have such a great service uh, in Donegal town, and uh, it takes in the service needs of uh, the surrounding areas of Donegal, and uh, for all the great staff and, and all the hard workers in, in, in the centre, and uh, the new addition of the Blue Stack Shack, with all their fancy treats, and I know they were busy getting ready for Halloween and all their great bacon and stuff and it's a great place to go and uh, enjoy the view of Donegal Bay and their great treats and uh, yeah. it's great for the guys to get involved in the bacon and learning business and all that there and, 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 and gives us a sense of, of uh, the tight community there always has been and continues to be in the Donegal town. We're so lucky yeah, yeah. Uh, with, with everyone getting involved and supporting it and uh, led by Wendy here is just joining me here and uh, it's uh, well done to them all, you know, it's, it's great for them and uh, I would have been involved with the Special Olympics and uh, yeah. a friend of mine, Shaw Campbell, would, and we would have done a lot of uh, fun, uh, games and stuff and, and it's great to get everyone involved and, the, and you know, it, for anyone that hasn't been involved with Special Olympics and stuff like that there, you know, and, uh, just to go and, and get the just it's a different atmosphere and it's a great enjoyment and you know and no no money or no words could describe yeah. you know some of the joy that some of the athletes get for winning a medal or getting involved and and being involved with each other you know so it's great right okay well we are broadcasting live from the abbey hotel in donegal town uh, this morning and before 10 we heard from the six councillors from the donegal electoral area uh, you could have been one of them, of course. You were a candidate uh, back then. Yeah, was... Maybe you're better off being the mayor of Donegal Town. Oh, well, I, I enjoy the honour of, of representing Donegal Town and uh, the people, and uh, it was humbling to be nominated to go for the mayor, you know. And I suppose uh, going for the election was something I was always interested in. You know, my father was involved, and uh, yeah. I always like to try and do the best I can for the community and, and uh, always trying to push it on. And whether I'm elected or not, I'll always keep pushing on and get involved in community events and stuff like that, you know. You're the envy of many towns, as you well know, not only here in the Northwest, but throughout the country. 
particularly during the summer season, because it is always, always busy. It's a great in Donegal great town. town. Uh, it's a unique town in such a way that the the river, the S, comes into the heart of it. You know, and then we have the Diamond, which is a great coliseum of, of you know, and uh, for a collection of people to get in. You know, and uh, with the castle and and the water bus and. And then yeah. we have six great local hotels and award-winning restaurants and stuff like that there. We're just, you know, it's always... And then it's kind of a gateway then to down to Sleeve League and all. And, and you know, it's kind of... It's a great... And the Wild Atlantic Way has been such an amazing yeah. um, development for, for this well, forgotten What sort of side. summer has it been? Was it busy with Overall, tours? everyone was happy. And, you know, I mean, over COVID, like, we were so... So lucky that the the community. I think COVID kind of slowed everyone down and made them appreciate what they had and, and each other and stuff. Um, you know, the likes of Chef Aid and stuff like that there helped everyone. Um, and then with people not being able to travel out of the country, that people have come up to Donegal and enjoyed the hidden gem that's been Donegal. You know, and uh, you know overall price wise and stuff, Donegal is good value. Uh, yeah. Their restaurants and stuff like that there. So. Uh, and you see the return of them and the American market is back and, and even now the hotels and all are still busy like there's coaches leaving the mill park and the town here every day like and yeah. you know I see, I see a lot more smaller coaches so given more access to the smaller roads and, and they're going up round and heading from here to round Sligo and on then into Galway and on down into Kerry that way. You know, which is great that it's, they're coming up this far, you know, and enjoying Yeah, what right, we have. okay. I'll I, I come to Andy now in a moment. Uh, somebody wants to know, how, how long were you mayor for? Or what, what is, is well, there any set time or... There's a, there was an extended uh, because of COVID and the election and stuff like that there, you know, and... Uh, so I think it's another year and a half uh, to go and, you know, I've been honoured to to have one term and, and I suppose it's running into two terms now um, and, you know, it's a great honour to represent the Nicole Town, it's such a great thing and, you know, and please God, whenever the election comes up that there'll be plenty of interest in people going and getting involved and, and yeah. going for it, you know. It's a uh, not, not, not for profit thing, yeah, yeah, it's, it's all a ceremonial role but a busy role uh, as busy well. busy role and, yeah. and, you know, I've, I've enjoyed every bit of it. Some sad days that I've represented yeah. the town and some great days, you know, and uh, just been honoured to be called. Yeah. The, the would, you, would you go again if, if and when the election... Ah, well, I mean, this will be, like, I'm coming into five years, you yeah. know, so, uh, you know, I, there's definitely great people out there, so maybe their time now is to step up and enjoy and promote and push on, and, and I hope that I, didn't, I did represent the town well and everyone is happy with. We shall see. Okay, yeah. stay, stay with us, uh, Porrick. Okay, uh, Wendy you. McGarry is with us, as I say, is Chief Executive of the Blue Stacks Special Needs Foundation. And, and Owen Rooney and is Owen with us as well. Rooney. Thank Owen, you so much. Owen, you're welcome. How are you today? Great singing that was. Yes, it was. Yeah, you were out the out in the front row there. You were. Yeah, it was. You enjoyed the singing on. You do. I do. With our fantastic team here. Oh, absolutely! You could see that, and I think you're going to give us uh, another song in a moment. Yeah. Uh, Wendy, tell us a little bit about the, the Blue Stacks Special Needs Foundation. So the Blue Stacks is just one of the most amazing places and I think Porrick touched on it there. Yeah. It just, you know, it's such a privilege and an amazing, I suppose, uh, thing to be able to work with young people and children with additional needs. It's just an absolute privilege. The Blue yeah. Stacks Special Needs Foundation started originally in 2002 
Well, we started originally with the Blue Stack Challenge, a local family here in the community who had a child with additional needs and I suppose realised very quickly how difficult it is to try and get the access to the supports and services that you need yeah. and they simply couldn't. So for the dad for his 40th birthday decided rather than have a birthday party, he was going to try and get 40 friends to walk 40 kilometres and raise 40,000 and that was in 2002 and we did what's called the Blue Stack Challenge and we run that every two years and to date we've raised nearly 2 million euro which yeah. we invest back into the community for which children with additional and needs. Yeah. In 2006 then what we did was I suppose we were raising all this money and dispersing it to other groups yeah. but we had no real I suppose we weren't getting any feedback in terms of what was happening and I suppose we were conscious that there was no changes happening to service provision. So in 2006 we set up the Blue Stack Special Needs Foundation um, as a charity and a company limited by guarantee and we did a big research study to find out what do people want, what do families want yeah. and what came back was they wanted a place you know from the day they hear that there may be an issue or maybe a concern or a child doesn't reach a milestones they wanted to have someone to call someone to go and see and they really wanted a place where their children and young adults could be embraced and celebrated you know and given somewhere where they can just be themselves and really enjoy life and and have an active participative role in their community which is what we're all about so we have grown quite considerably over the last uh, number of years in 2008 we purchased our building in Donegal town yeah. which is a beautiful building overlooking the bay in Donegal we're very lucky it's right in the town and as Parik has said earlier the, you know Donegal town is one of the most beautiful scenic areas and we're very privileged to be sitting on the edge of the bay in our, our in our building it's extremely serene and calm um, so we purchased the building in 2008. We have now a whole range of programmes and services that we offer. So our organisation is essentially broken down into five different sections. We have our programmes and clubs that, that is basically things like our Saturday club, our teen club, our parent support network, our jiving classes, our choir. They're all parts of the programmes that we deliver and we deliver them here in Falcara. We're moving into Killy Gordon yeah. in the next couple of weeks and hopefully let Kenny in um, the new year. So we also then have a community services programme which is really the income generation arm of our business because we are really conscious that we can't be shaking the bucket all the time. We get very little core funding. We get 36,000 core funding a year. So it's quite difficult and COVID has really, you know, the period yeah, over sure. COVID has been very difficult. It's hard to go out and shake the bucket when you're trying to pay a water bill or you're trying to pay your insurance bill. Our insurance this year was 17,500. It's, a, it's yeah. a real issue for us. A lot of money, yeah. So we, we, we have our community services programme. We have a wonderful cafe, the Blue Stack Shack, which is rung by a lot of our young adults. Yeah, um, I was talking about a moment ago, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. it's amazing. They make their cakes and their bakes and their teas and their coffees and it's a lovely area you can sit overlooking the bay. Uh, we also do uh, disability equality training across the county. Um, we then do Outreach Respite, which is funded by Tusla and the HSE. So we work yeah. with 46 families across the county, just giving them that short daytime uh, respite. Uh, and then finally, we have a training progression program, which is looking at working with young adults to try and help them progress into enterprise education and employment. So okay. quite a large organisation <coughs> now, but we, we wouldn't be doing what we're doing without the support of our community. Okay. Is, is Owen the choir leader? Is he the main man? Owen's the CEO. Oh, is he? All yeah. right. Okay. Owen, isn't that right, Owen? I, I, uh, yeah. we, you, you like music, Owen, you like singing, you do. And you enjoy the choir. I, I do, but um, we, we, we also took part 
op en en kropark op en Dublin for the with mine. I'm sure you you you, you enjoy that. I'm sure we 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 did and pack free for for myself and Wendy and and all my staff up 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 and the bursack. They've done so good for us and Wendy is a beautiful here and and. Hopefully, we've we've like we we have done so much fun, and we thank for everybody that comes today. So, a big thank you with our wonderful wonderful choir. choir. And, and I'll mention not only you're, you're the, the the CEO of the choir, as as, as Wendy says, but Anya McBurtie is with us, and Colette, and Gillian, and Nicole. Tracy, and Maeve. Vincent, Patricia, Nicole, Wendy, Sophie, and Tracy. Just, I've mentioned Tracy twice. Can we make an announcement today? Sure, yeah. We'd like to talk about something that we're doing that's extremely special. Yeah. So on the 16th of December, we are having the first fully inclusive gala ball in the Mill Park Hotel in Donegal Town. This is going to be a first of its kind in the Northwest. Um, and the tickets will be going on sale on the 7th of November. Um, for anybody with additional needs, it's €20. Euro. For anybody else, it's €45. Euro. Yeah. Euro, sorry, I beg your pardon for the tickets. But it'll be a full gala ball with meal, band, disco. Yeah. And it's a wonderful opportunity for our young people to participate yeah. in in society to dress up get glammed up and so we're hoping that people will buy the tickets and support well, us you, you, and you couldn't, uh, have, you couldn't have chosen a better night 16th yeah. of the, the, the december the, the friday the, the friday most, the, the night most people will go out exactly for Christmas. and huge thanks to the mill park so it's in the mill park well on the 16th of december night, yeah. okay now before i let the choir resume their their singing i'm told by the mayor beside you on that you're a great baker as yes, well yes yeah Oh yeah, because my 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 activity makes makes so lovely cupcakes and oh, brownies and rocky rolls and oh, cake bombs and a bit of stuff. We could do some rocky rolls here this morning, no? So you have to bring them in the next time, one, yeah. shouldn't we? You'll all have to come down to the Blue Stack no, Shack afterwards for your tea and coffee. Well, there you go. You're a man of many talents. Um, we're, the, your choir is going to sing. What are you going to sing this time, on? Do you well, know? We're going. To sing, um, Pride, Pride, oh, um, Stand By Me, and, All right, okay. and hopefully within Pride Maryland. All right, okay. <coughs> Two for the price of one. Well, I'll let you get back to your position, Owen. Thanks for joining us this morning. <coughs> and the best of luck, and enjoy, enjoy the, the night in the middle park. And I hope you get back to Croke Park soon as well. Thanks very much. That's, that's Owen Rooney and his colleagues in the choir. And thanks to Wendy, uh, Chief Executive of the Blue Stacks uh, Special Needs uh, Foundation as well. And as Owen says, a uh, couple of songs are going to play before we take uh, a quick break. And thanks to the Mayor, Pork Kennedy, for coming in as well, Pork. Right, we're all set to go, I think. When the night has come and the land is dark and the moon is the only light we'll see no I won't be afraid no I won't 
be afraid Just as long as you stand Stand by me So darling, darling, stand by me Oh, stand by me Oh, stand Stand by me Stand by me If the sky that we look upon Should tumble and fall And the mountains should crumble to the sea I won't cry I won't cry No, I won't Shed a tear Just as long As you stand Stand by me And darling Darling, stand By me Oh, stand By me Stand by me, stand by me And darling, darling, stand by me Oh, stand by me Oh, stand Stand by me, stand by me Stand by me very much to, to Owen and Wendy and to all the choir members for coming along this morning the uh, Blue Stacks uh, Choir thanks very much uh, for joining us uh, this morning and well done and continued uh, good wishes to you all. Okay we'll take a break, we'll be back with our final guest in a moment but I want to play, we'll play that song actually, a special request for Laurie Dykes who is celebrating an 80th birthday today and that's from all the Monaghans in Strand Hill in Sligo. We'll be back in a moment with Elaine McEnall, Sales and Marketing Manager with the Abbey and Central Hotels. Okay, welcome back. It is uh, eight minutes uh, to 11. We're live here in the Abbey Hotel in Donegal Town. A couple of things to mention. First of all, Noel Jordan was with us earlier, Councillor Noel Jordan, and he's heading off to a wedding and he wants to wish Jodie McEnall of Mount Charles and Connor Banks of Drummer here well. They're getting married in Killinumbury today and that's from Noel Jordan and family and the Blue Stack Special Needs Foundation who we just heard before the break are looking for volunteers for their Thursday teen club between six and half past eight and for the Saturday club between at 10 o'clock 10 a.m and half past one if you have any free time and would like to give back to the community please call the foundation uh, their number is 0749740828 0749740828 Elaine McEnoe joins us sales and marketing manager with the Abbey and Central Hotels good morning to you Elaine and, and thanks for joining us good morning thanks you're, for having me you're very busy apparently and which is a great sign in general, isn't Excitingly it? Excitingly busy. Busy and happy, as they say. Yeah, even here we are coming almost into winter and you're still still bringing in the tourists and bringing in the crowds. We're still, we're still attracting um, the tourists and, the, and our locals and our domestic. It's been great, um, really and truly. Donegal Town has been a hive of activity. So, yeah, we're delighted to be in the heart of it. All right, OK. So what's planned? What's coming up in the next couple of months? So, coming up, well, tonight, starting off, as you can see, we are here beside a, a rather large boxing ring. Yeah, so say, we, we thought we us... needed it for the councillors area, but not so. <laughs> Nobody so, fell out. So, um, Copney Rovers is in tonight from 7. They have their, their boxing um, tournament. So, I believe there's tickets on the door still for that, which is fantastic. 
Then tomorrow night, big bank holiday weekend, we have an 80s night here in the Abbey, in the Abbey Bar. So it'll be a lively night. And I believe there are some people dressing up for it, which would be great yeah. to see. I'd say most lots will of dress colour, up first. Lots yeah. of colour. And then Sunday night, of course, is um, the big Halloween dress up night. So we have two levels of entertainment. So upstairs in the Spirit Bar, there is um, live DJ Kevin Fury and they're going to be dressing up, obviously. So we always love to see the outfits for that. There's spot prizes for everybody. And of course, we have humble earthworms in the bar. But the big attraction this Sunday night would have to be Tumbling Paddies. So they're here and I believe their their tickets are moving really fast. There must be, um, there's a very large crowd expected. So doors are open and early for that. They'll be open from nine, but people yeah. can still get tickets on the door and they're 15 euro. So a good, lively folk music night with Tumbling Paddies on Sunday night, the 30th of October. Isn't it great to see people coming out again and enjoying life again and crowds coming back after the difficult couple of years we had during Absolutely, it certainly is um, because people really, I suppose, they they love interaction. We gravitate from the energy and the the big one that has been fantastic for us, particularly here in the Abbey Hotels, the country music nights. Um, And on to that, it leads me really just to mention Mike Denver has been in contact and he is running a charity dance in conjunction with the Abbey Hotel. Now, it's taken place, it's going to be an afternoon dance on the 4th of December and it is in aid of the Chrysler Community Support Fund. And just to credit the the band, so you have Mike Denver, Philomena Begley, Brendan Shine and Emily Shine, all, they're all performing um, gratis free, so no charge, they're not charging anyone. So all of the money collected on the night is going directly to the charity, and I think that's a huge credit to them, and we're delighted that they've chosen the Absolutely. Abbey Hotel to, to hold it in. So that's the 4th of December, and there are tickets available online for that currently, and also from the hotel reception, which is great, something to be doing. Christmas parties coming up as well, I'm sure. Yeah, for yeah. the Christmas hats on. Um, so, yes, we normally try to hold back talking about Christmas till we get through Halloween, but everyone else is so excited this year because I suppose it's been two, you know, two years since we've had proper get-togethers and parties. So our Christmas nights are moving fast. There's really good live entertainment each night in the Abbey Bar, and you have choice between... Um, casual dining within the Abbey Bar or the Market House restaurant and um, there's festive dining menus there they're all on the website abbeyhotel.com and as I say they're, they're booking out fast so if anyone is looking to, to get booked just to get in contact soon in our sister hotel in the central hotel we're very excited this year we're inviting essentially share so it's a really really good share tribute band and they have a Christmas party night on the 16th of December so that's Friday the 16th of December and I believe there's still some tickets available for that that's going to be a really good night um, really to literally turn back time and uh, enjoy the moment and just be there and again they have got nice Christmas festive menus for people to book or if they want their office party or just to catch up with friends it's going to be a bit of fun Right okay so things have come around again have they? The mayor Porrick beside us was telling us it was a, it was a good summer, and that was your sense as well. Absolutely, you, you did okay. yeah. I mean, for Donegal Town as, as such, talking to all of our, our businesses, like it's been great for everybody because we've such a diversity mix. I think um, one thing the pandemic did lend for Donegal being so rugged and rural, our domestic visitors discovered Donegal, so it's not a secret anymore. Yeah. Um, and in addition to that, we have a lot more international guests. 
guests coming in now, you know, between European, um, Canadian, American. And it's been a good summer for everybody locally um, where we're, we're seeing a, a good spend and yeah. just people generally enjoying themselves. And that's what you want. They're going away. They're having a good experience. And for us, they're learning that they need to stay longer. So next time they come, they'll be booking more nights. And, and you were saying they're, they're still coming in, even though you would assume that the, the season's at an end, but not so. They're still... Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like international guests coming years, in. It would have slowed down in the middle of October. But no, we're, we're fully um, busy now, right through right through into, well into November um, with visitors. So it's, it's great. It's good to see it. Right, OK. Um, your awards, I'm reminded to ask you about as well you have been scooping a number of awards lately we Elaine, have been, right? we have been yeah and it's been a big week of celebrations indeed so the irish hotel awards were held on monday night they were um yeah in athlone and yeah like to be honest we don't really enter into many awards or anything and this particular one it's uh it's such a credible award because it's done by mystery shoppers so there's like 280 points where they come and they stay and they critique you from say the the booking right through to the check-in right through to the service yeah. through everything without the the experience of the hotel so to have attended on monday night um and come back with awards our restaurant manager Anne boyle in the market house first of all was announced as the uh, restaurant manager of the year in ulster so this was a huge accolade and we were thrilled and then they asked her to stay on stage as she had won the Restaurant Manager of the Year in all of Ireland. Right. So, I mean, it was some just amazing. Yeah. It's, a, it's a huge achievement and a huge kudos to Anne Boyle, who um, steers the, the kitchen and the food and beverage team here in the Abbey Hotel. So it was just phenomenal and a, and a huge success for everybody. Then on to that, um, the Abbey Hotel got called out again then that they'd be nominated as the best three-star hotel in Ulster. So big celebrations again. And that then also turned into the best three-star hotel in Ireland. So naturally, there's huge celebrations, yeah. which are ongoing. They're ongoing. <laughs> Internally so everybody and externally. Got, everybody got the day off the next day. Then, well, they? there was no day off, but we did roll out the red carpet in fairness to welcome Anne and to work the next day. Um, and then we were thrilled because we had our sister hotel. We were all there together the central hotel and the central was nominated in the family hotel of the year okay so they did they won the accolade for the family hotel of the year in ulster and then they also were nominated and called out for service excellence which is a huge credit to the team um, there's been a lot of investment and renovations into the central hotel this year and it's just it's just really good when we get something like this that we can celebrate the team because really yeah. it is about the service and the team and that's one of the big feedbacks we would get from guests alike when they come and stay. It's it's the staff. Like, we have wonderful yeah. employees. So, no, it's lovely to see them being recognised. So and we're six, just delighted. six awards I make. Six it. awards, okay. yeah. So we need to get a bigger wall now to hang up all these frames. <laughs> <laughs> but all is going well, and you're looking forward to uh, a, a, a successful 2023 as well, I'm sure. Absolutely, we yeah. are indeed. And um, I suppose we've November, that just to mention the country weekend, it's um, almost sold out the 18th of November in the Abbey Hotel and getting into 2023 I believe Derek Ryan is um, out already for the 13th of January so we'll be getting the year started rocking with the music and do you know what it's all about entertainment yeah, and absolutely. kind of making it um, fun for people to come and experience. And great and to see stay. live music back and crowds oh, back it's again. Fabulous. Yeah. It's fantastic.